welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Healing at the Speed of Light, your weekly laser therapy podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm the founder of Laser Therapy Institute, and I'll be your host today. We're going to be talking about two separate topics. Um... Pulled from the same the same research publication, they're quite interesting. If you've dealt with an opioid addiction, really any addiction, and also uh, depression and, and anxiety, you're gonna want to listen to this because it is not the final answer for any of those conditions. However, it is really interesting, I think, to see some of the newest, really brand new science that's coming out about the way that the brain works with these disorders of especially opioid addiction, but also also then depression and anxiety. So the two topics we're going to cover, pulled from this one paper, we're going to talk about dual brain psychology, and we're also going to talk about laser or light therapy for addiction, depression, and anxiety specifically. I'm pulling this information from a study that was published in August of 2020, so brand new, brand new study. The, the study's title um, is A Novel Treatment of Opioid Cravings with an Effect Size of 0.73 for Unilateral Transcranial Photobiomodulation over Sham. This was published in Frontiers in Psychiatry. Again, just in August, so this is very, very new. And I know a lot of the words that I just read off from the title of this article probably leave you wondering what we're even going to talk about. So that's why I'm going to break it down into two different topics here today. So first, this topic of dual brain psychology. And this has to do with how the brain specifically works through emotional and and addictive behaviors and things like that. So understand that a lot of this is all based on these hypotheses of how the brain works. We still know so little about the exact mechanisms of how the brain works. So we've got these ideas, right? So um, there are three ideas that are different than dual brain psychology. And the first hypothesis here is called the right brain hypothesis which states that the right hemisphere is specialized for all emotional responses. Basically, the right side of the brain, that's the one that's going to give you anger, fear, hatred, uh, love. All that is very right brain, and the left brain is the strictly logical side. Uh, Another idea is the motivational hypothesis, which suggests that approach emotions, including anger, are associated with the left hemisphere and that withdrawal emotions are associated with the right. Third hypothesis would be the valence hypothesis, which states that the left hemisphere is associated with positive emotions and the right side is more associated with negative emotions. Now, these are all just ideas because they haven't been proven. We don't really know how the brain processes emotions. We don't know why it processes some things the way it does. So another hypothesis is called this dual brain psychology. And dual brain psychology uh, states that one brain hemisphere tends to be relatively mature and healthy, while the other hemisphere may be more affected by past traumas and supports a personality that is more prone to immature and or destructive beliefs and behaviors. So, 
contrary to the established models that have generally associated negative emotions with the right hemisphere, the studies they've done uh, on this dual brain psychology really state that negative emotions can, also, can often be left hemisphere dominant, uh, and it really can be different from person to person. And that makes a lot of sense when you start thinking about the way that head traumas and strokes can affect people so differently. Even similar injuries can, can really mean that the patient acts completely different. Sometimes a, a frontal lobe injury, like a, a frontal lobe stroke, can have major, major changes in a, a patient's uh, emotional balance. And sometimes a almost identical injury in another patient seems to have almost no effect on their emotions. So ultimately, dual brain psychology, the idea that one side of the brain tends to be more mature, more healthy, the other side tends to be more affected, held back by past traumas, and really seems to be more influential on destructive behaviors and um, beliefs, which is a fine idea, uh, but how do you test that? Right? How do you decide uh, which side of the brain seems to be the more mature and healthy side and which side is the uh, more unhealthy side? Because the less mature side of the brain is going to be potentially the side that drives more addictive behaviors uh, and addictive uh, personality decisions and, and even depression and anxiety. How do you figure out which side is which? Because each patient could be different. Well, the researchers discovered that you can test to see which side is more affected by using uh, special glasses that are blocked off so only one eye can see um, a group of images that are displayed into one eye. Now, when you show things to your right eye, that information ends up traveling to the left side of the brain. When you show images to the left eye, that information travels to the right side of the brain. So by showing certain images, to one side only, and then having the patient rate their depression, their anger, their, their craving for opioid uh, or other addictive uh, products, they can determine which side of the brain seems to be more affected by just using that visual stimulation on one side. So they'll flash images to one eye, say the right eye, and then have the patient rate their depression on even like a 0 to 10 scale, and then do the same process on the left side, and then have the patient rate their depression. And they found there's actually a significant difference in the way that people feel on the side-to-side -side, um, test there that they can do visually. And they use that information to say, okay, well, the visual field that is less symptomatic uh, relates to the contralateral hemisphere, so the opposite hemisphere, which would be then considered positive. So if you if you feel more uh, depressed or you feel greater cravings with those images shown on the right, then that would mean that the left side of the brain is more dominant for what you're dealing with. Okay, so this this not really restrictive view of only the right side is involved or only the left side is involved, um, but the fact that individuals can vary really is where dual brain psychology is trying to establish which parts of the brain are more dominant for some of these destructive behaviors. Because if we can figure out which side is more dominant in addiction, then we should be able to treat it better, right? And that's where laser therapy comes in, or light therapy in this case. Um, so the researchers talk about stimulating 
uh, improved ATP formation in the mitochondria and also increasing neurotrophic factors in the brain with increased blood flow and decreased inflammation use, utilizing light, uh, especially near-infrared light. So in this particular study, the researchers used their visual tests to determine which side of the brain was the positive side, and then they would apply this, this 810 nanometer LED unit for four minutes to the positive side of the brain, just, just over the skull, and um, they'd use the, the location kind of a, a couple inches above the eye on that side. And for this particular study, they did one real treatment and one sham treatment, or one fake treatment, and then reevaluated where the, the patients were at as far as their opioid craving, um, their depression scores, and their anxiety scores. Now, the, the immediate results were very interesting because after both the real treatment and the fake treatment, they found large and significant decreases in the opioid craving scale in both groups about 45% of a decrease, which would make you think, well, this is just a placebo effect. You know, that someone's just imagining that their, that their problem is being addressed and then their craving level goes down. And right there, immediately after either the sham treatment or the real treatment was done, yes, that is what it looks like. However, the final results, testing the patients uh, three weeks, after three weeks had gone by and they'd had both the uh, real treatment and the sham treatment, the researchers saw that treating that positive side of the brain resulted in a more than 50% reduction in opioid cravings. With less depression and anxiety, decreased opioid use during the study even. So no, not only are we finding new ways to diagnose and kind of locate the parts of the brain that are involved in addiction, but now we're talking about utilizing light to stimulate the brain to reduce addiction. Now, this was just one real treatment, more than 50% reduction in opioid cravings after just one treatment. That is incredible because what's the potential if you did this treatment four times or um, twice a week for a couple of weeks? What, where would we be? Well, we don't know yet. Obviously, we need more studies, but that's the very exciting part of seeing some of these new studies come out, not only to help figure out how the brain processes addiction and depression and anxiety and those types of behaviors that go along with addiction, but even how to start responding to that, how to start treating that in a way that is safe and effective, as the researchers say. Uh, they conclude by saying and th th this is a novel treatment that attempts to address underlying depression and anxiety symptoms likely arising from unappreciated past traumas, and which can be both promoters of the addiction and consequences of it. So, very, very exciting stuff. I, when I saw this this study come out, I thought this is just so neat because what will we be talking about even a year from now? And where will we be as far as opioid addiction and treatment? I'll tell you, if you want to know more, get a hold of us. You can email us, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. You can go to our website as well, and you can find out if there is a Laser Therapy Institute clinic near you if you're interested in talking to somebody locally, a local laser therapy expert on how light therapy could possibly be used uh, now and in the future for these very, very difficult disorders. Thanks for joining me, and I will see you next week. 
subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.